0: Welcome to the Grand Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is the weekend golf update for the at and Pebble Beach Pro-Am. I am your host, Adam Bapti, and as always, I'm joined by my brothers, Craig.
1: Bonjour.
2: Oh, bonjour. And Kevin. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day, everyone.
1: Oh, that's Same the take you, I should have gone for.
2: <laughs>
0: Same to you. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Please make sure to rate and review our podcast. We got a great review from earlier in the week. Kevin, do you want to share that one?
2: Yeah, we've, we missed this on the show last week, so we wanted to get it right off the top. Chris Taylor, um, we wanted to give you a shout out. He left us a nice review. I really enjoy listening to the Three Brothers talk about golf with so much enthusiasm and knowledge. If you love golf and enjoy DFS, this is the podcast for you. From top picks to sleeper picks, the guys have given me some great tips along the way enthusiasm good,
1: and knowledge uh yeah i, I don't, don't know. know i don't know if he's listening to different people than i'm listening to I think every the three week
0: of but... us together bring some enthusiasm, <laughs> enthusiasm some knowledge and then together it's an equal of
2: one yeah we also have uh we have an interesting one about the top picks and sleeper picks this week so stay tuned for that
0: oh there we go <laughs> i'm gonna go i got a quick note here guys a, a, a special three stars to our three wives who are letting us record this pod on not only valentine's day night but a long weekend sunday night for all of us here in canada mm-hmm. so special is this, three stars what, is this what
2: the kids do these days something like this uh <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're they're corny they're making corny uh hand hearts up to the, no, camera, the coolest one, one i saw
1: <laughs> is uh you know how you can get like the shot tracer app for your phone so did you guys see this where people will hit one golf ball with like oh, a big yeah. cut and then another golf ball with the big draw? Draw the draw the heart. That's pretty I good. Saw that one. It's that's that's pretty classy. good Valentine's Day. I would yeah. need a full yeah. bucket to get that draw. And also like <laughs> and also like the the low key flex. That's, <laughs> that's a, cute, a yeah. yeah. That's a flex for sure. It is okay,
0: Greg, yeah. We had the ATC Preble, Pebble Beach Pro Am. Do you want to give us a tournament recap?
1: Yep. So real quick, uh, you know, the week kind of got flipped on its head when DJ pulled out. Uh, Patrick Cantley became the favorite, uh, showed why in round one he came out hot, Uh, shot off opening round 62, tied the course record. Unfortunately, it looked like he may have used all his magic up in that round because he really just (laughs) faded away after that. Uh, Jordan Spieth took control, 54-hole leader um unfortunately he also seemed to fade away on Sunday (laughs) just like he did the week before Daniel Berger though this morning came out made up eagle on his second hole birdie on his next hole he really started to take control of the tournament although Nate Lashley looked like he might have something to say about it came in on the 16th hole Uh, all of a sudden he had a little bit of trouble with his putter, uh, could not get up and down, could not get up and down and a bogey or the double bogey up and down down,
2: or up and down and down.
1: (laughs) So ended up making tripled, ejected himself from the conversation. Maverick McNeely was the only one left in the way. uh, And he actually gave it a pretty good run. Uh, Almost made Eagle on the last one. Wouldn't have mattered anyways, because Daniel Berger came home, rolled in his Eagle putt on 18 uh, to win by two.
0: Yeah, it was a great showing from Berger. um, A guy who I talked about on last pod, uh, for quite a while for burning me in the one and done but i actually love <laughs> i love seeing him go out and get it this week i feel like i you know it was my bad i was just a week off it was a great great final round from burger
1: i feel like you might now feel how i felt when sergio went from missing the cut when i was like being so clever picking him and then he went out <laughs> and won the next week and i was like this just makes me so unhappy
2: <laughs> yeah i mean you got you didn't mention in the recap there Either, but a huge part of Berger's tournament was the double bogey on 18 yesterday. He's yeah. tied for the lead, and then doubled 18 to fall two back going into Sunday. And
1: put put his drive out of bounds to the right. Yeah, um, just skipped it over the car path, and the out of bounds comes up quickly over there. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, so he would have been playing in the last group, tied with Spies. Uh, but then that double put him, you know, two back going into the last round. And then, I mean, he really just played well throughout the day. His his play on the par fives is, to me, what what made the difference.
0: The other thing, too, if we're... I'm going to switch gears a little bit, though. Talking about the guys that were in the lead in your recap here, Craig, and, and breaks. Maverick McNeely on Saturday... With his kind of ruling, if you're watching coverage, mm-hmm. he was on the par three and I think it was embedded and then he picked it up, had a drop, he was going to address it and then it kind of wiggled back into his, um in, like where it was embedded and then he had to take a penalty and then that was his only bogey of the round. I know it's hard in retrospect to look at that, but that stroke could have made a difference down the stretch. It could have made a difference.
1: I mean, ultimately it was a win by two. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: and how how differently things can play out when someone's in it, you know, decision making changes based on where you are relative That's to the lead. That was thirty so, holes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have some good rules takes later on in in the show here <laughs> if you want to stick around for that. Um, but yeah, the no. Only, so uh, the one so thing here, I wanted to point out here because we gotta we gotta stay on one player before we move around to all yeah, the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Daniel plan. Berger. Paid four par fives today, six under par which, if you're not paying attention, that was pretty good. Um, Patrick Cantley, two under par. Cantley, really? you know, if you would have matched Berger there, that's the difference in the tournament. or
2: uh, Four yeah, strokes you got, right well, there. Tough to yeah. match
1: that, really. <laughs> it is. It, it's really tough.
2: But uh, I mean, Listen, this is coming from a guy who's had high expectations for Cantley for quite some time, too. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, okay, but
0: no, I agree with you because though Cantley, Berger, and was it Knox in the second to last group? Yeah, um, you start out one, two, and I think those. I mean, two especially, a group ahead of Speeth Hoagie, Lashley. You need to you need to go under par in the first two holes, and that's what Berger did. And Cantley, I mean, he got a birdie on one, but to not back that up with a birdie on two, that's that's almost like dropping a shot. With I think two oh, was the sure. easiest. Um, hole in the course. Well, and the... basically
1: a par five is like, if people are paring it uh, at this level, if you're yeah. wanting to win the tournament, that's dropping a shot. Um, yeah. But to me, you know, there's a lot of talk right now about does driving accuracy matter? And you look at that second hole and Canley went in the fairway bunker. He went from that fairway bunker into the other bunker short um like like,
0: like 70 yards short right not not yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: 70 yeah. yards short which is just a brutal little bunker to be in but like him <laughs> missing the fairway there had huge consequences for that hole and then subsequently for the round and so yeah I, I mean I I think I'm probably not as firm in my opinions as I I may have seemed last week just because I really like <laughs> to argue but uh <laughs> um i i think that there is still a lot to be said for the difference between putting yourself in position a in the fairway and it's just like the cascading effect of this um versus you know being in a fairway bunker being in a rough being in the yeah. rough.
2: yeah i i agree with you craig and you know i think there's a lot we can kind of unpack with pebble but let's save that for i think you have a pebble segment coming up at i do uh, there. yeah, yeah there'll be
1: other other par fives and, and drives on man you and guys make... are
2: teasing everything right yeah. now <laughs> so <laughs> let, well, let's keep talking about the leaderboard um, We haven't really talked about Lashley yet. Yeah. yeah so I-, I wanted to just mention Lash- Lashley to me today looked like he was just in complete control for, you know, almost the entire round. He I-, I totally only agree. had I one totally blemish agree. Yeah. on the card. And unfortunately, it was just, as Craig said, a complete ejection, which you kind of have to feel for the guy. I mean, he just got himself in a bad spot with that whole location and you're putting on the side slope. And yeah. I mean listen, we've all been there it's It's just a terrible feeling when you're going back and forth, but um you know he had held it together for so long, and he was right there, and that just ugh, it was I, it was I, got right hate- someone
1: who had like was not backing Lashley in any way for solely for like my selfish um d f s purposes um he was like annoyingly holding it together and like annoying yeah, like totally. even when he would like yeah. sort of make a little bit of a slip up like he he went in the greenside bunker um no problem got up and down um and then it was just it all seemed to happen at once on that hole
0: man that's such a a brutal little putt though like that that's that green seems to be like i know it's not like a 45 degree angle that's the one where speed hold out right we're just Right down to the cup. Yeah. They're at the top there. So you got a three footer. Do you go top lip and kind of maybe give it an extra weight? Do you just hammer it in? Or do you try to like, do you go outside the cup for that? Like that's such on a bumpy green. Like that is so brutal. I hate that yeah. pie. Like.
1: <laughs> but it's also why, you know, the big miss is his approach shot there. You you can't yes. leave yourself behind it's, that. It's about no green to work with pretty yeah. much. And, and they talk about that. Like Cantley spoke about that pretty well. I think one of the days that you can't leave yourself above the hole you like the only way really to play it uh is to give yourself whole weight on your putt and then like these guys are so good at hitting it on their line so they can they'll take very aggressive if you see their short putts they hit them very aggressively yeah um but with these short ones if you have to try to give it whole weight uh you know you're (laughs) you're essentially exposing yourself to all of those little bumps and undulations in the green.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's interesting when you start to watch a little closer, you recognize that, you know, a 15-foot putt that is straight up the hill versus a 6-foot putt that's, you know, coming either from above the hole or on a side slope, you know, you'd much rather have the longer putt that's mm-hmm. going uphill, you know, you can Which be aggressive with that.
0: tough to watch on Shot Tracker on your phone. It is tough like, to watch on shot tracker. That, What kind of six <laughs> feet is that?
2: That's why I know, because I've watched enough on Shot Tracker to know that they're not all created equal.
0: But, I mean, just talking about Pebble, and I know we'll talk about it later, but... Bill Mickelson said, I think uh, on Wednesday or in a pre-tournament interview, like you need to know your way around this track. And that's why we see this course, um, unlike other courses, like really be the horse for course. People do well here year after year. And you kind of have to have that top 20 before you win here because it is a course where you need to know where you can miss it. And it's got small greens and all those type of things. And that that shows it right there.
1: And it's something we had mentioned at the start of the tournament that more so than other places recognize... That course history matters, Um, and as the tournament went on, we saw, you know, we saw Jason Day rise up the leaderboard. We saw Streelman rise up the leaderboard. Although he had a double himself that that ended up knocking him back down a couple. Um, But Maverick McNeely, Dan,
0: let's let's segue to Maverick McNeely. Yeah, let's go to Maverick. Top top five here last year, just a
2: blistering thirty-one on the back nine tonight or today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's some fantastic play um and it could have been a
0: 29 i mean he left one short i think on 17 yeah it was a 20 foot plus putt um but he left it as a couple inches short and then his eagle putt on 18 i think went by six inches or so like just kind of yeah i mean good but ultimately
1: i mean the guy just has a really good feel for this place i'm sure everyone has heard it by now but he grew up right there um (laughs) if uh i I forget who it was that tweeted this, but if you want a good a good check your first world first world problems, check your privilege, he wasn't allowed to play pebble until his sixteenth birthday, like oh man, like what a <laughs> rough life
2: <Yeah.
1: laughs> um but I was very impressed front with him
2: yeah, me too, he really didn't i mean it was kind of he was at the stage where you knew he probably wasn't gonna go low enough to actually catch the leader so just why not just go for it and Mm -hmm. uh you know throw caution to the wind a little bit and um he he just made some great swings coming down the stretch and his his
0: second swing we talked a little bit about before the pod his second swing on 18 uh today was pretty awesome daniel king his girlfriend (laughs) sent a good pic or a good video on uh, twitter of him in black and white kind of doing his club twirl into 18 so i i didn't see that one it was pretty good it was good
1: um so i still think to me well we'll get to spieth because obviously he's a story again this week um but patrick cantley i was so very impressed by his play even though like ultimately it came up short it felt to me like aside from round one he basically was scoring as poorly as he could have Like, rounds two, three, and four, for how well he was playing golf, his score was about as bad as it could have been, and he just wasn't getting any breaks, Pots weren't falling for him. Um, Daniel Berger got lucky, because if Patrick Canley had a little bit more magic this week, um, it it would have been a a bit of a different story, I think, down the stretch there.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, Canley did have a little bit of magic there on on Thursday. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Absolutely. I just want to be careful about calling Daniel Berger lucky, because... I think he, he did Berger, what he had to do. Yeah. yeah, he coming out to shoot a 65 after hitting that one OB on his 54th hole on Saturday. I think it it shows a lot that he was mm. he was determined that that wasn't going to be what defined him this tournament. Um, so yeah, Canley, I don't think a lucky, or sorry, Burger did lucky, yeah. but Canley he did leave some shots out there. And it, and it's just I think
1: indicative of where he is in this field that his not a scoring. Is still a, a third place finish,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, for three rounds because I think we have to acknowledge he's gone back to back tournaments tying course records, like, yeah, he, he is an amazing golfer. I mean, this isn't really a hot take anymore, but a major is if not this year, a major is coming soon for Cantley, like, he is so well rounded. Which, which one, uh, let's say the PGA at uh South Carolina, okay.
1: I don't know. I just threw that out there. I don't. I
0: don't have that one pegged yet. I feel like I got the other ones a little bit zeroed in. He's. I don't know. Uh, if, he's
1: someone that I don't. I don't feel like there's a golf course where he's out of it in any way. Like uh, he, his game is so well rounded and so solid uh, that I don't. I, I, yeah, I mean, Tori's I agree. not a bad setup for him.
0: No, not no. at all. No, not no. at all. I just have someone else ready for Tori. <laughs> that's a, that's why I was giving him the PGA. Uh, PGA's oh, okay. a good. Gotcha. A so you. will just have to wait. To
2: Patrick. Okay.
0: Yeah. Just wait a little bit.
1: Um.
2: So you want to get into Spieth then?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Spieth has to be talked about. Uh, yeah. We went from two weeks ago. Jordan Spieth was still in the midst of a year-long slump or years-long slump, and yeah, we saw like, a little bit of magic, who is mostly is on. I mean, I think it was throughout the tournament last week at Waste Management, but it was really that Saturday where we saw. Uh, the real spark. And then it, it just seemed to be a little bit more throughout the week this week that, it, you know, obviously there was, what, there was two hole-outs? Was, there was one hole-out for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. hole two he, yeah. yeah, he hold out, yeah, because he hold out on Thursday, and then he yeah. hold out again on Saturday. Uh, so there's definitely a little bit of Spieth magic back. Uh, there's definitely a little bit just, it seems like there's a little bit more of a solid game aside from just the Spieth magic. Uh, so yeah, what do you, I mean, do you guys... Happy to put the stamp on him that he is. I mean, maybe not back to being a major championship favorite,
2: but back to being someone who can get
1: back into the top twenty
2: in the world, that kind of thing. Well, I think my feelings about him can be best illustrated by the fact that I placed a Masters bet on him on after Saturday. Um, I, you know, and that being because I think he's shown he can pop now, and obviously he's popped at at Augusta before, so I figured that was as as long of odds as I was gonna get for him thinking he might close it out today. Now he didn't do that, but um, I still think he's shown enough that uh, his game is, is rounding into, into form now.
0: Didn't he have like three years at Augusta where like he led for, 11 of 12 rounds or something.
2: Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs>
0: like, it was at, like will he ever like not top 5 at Augusta ever again? And then like...
2: it w- it was only 2018 <laughs> there where he shot that I think he shot a 64 with a bogey on 18 trying to chase down Patrick Reed um on Sunday uh, like adam hey. you're still there, eh?
1: Yeah, I'm here. Mm, we might have lost Kevin here. Uh throw a time stamp on there 17:30. Leave yours running though. 17:30. Yeah. Oh. Kevin, you're back?
2: Yeah, I, I never thought I left there.
0: Yeah, you're uh, 64, right before you said
1: 64. Um, but I don't know how we want to break, break yeah, it Yeah, so, so we're it has some technical difficulties. Kevin's telling us a little bit more about Jordan Spieth. Uh, he seems to be droning on and on, so he might have got cut off by, <laughs> by the weather or something. Um, I don't know if there was a conclusion to your point there.
2: <laughs> uh, no, just that he's good at Augusta, and I'm yeah. willing to roll the dice on him, and because I think he's his game's trending in the right direction.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, so I, I brought this up yesterday, but I went uh, for a nice socially distanced walk with our our father uh, and our new puppy. Uh, our dad's a vet, so it makes it really nice because you can just get free checkups when you decide <laughs> to go for a walk with your dog. Um, but we're and we were talking about Jordan Spieth, obviously, because he watches he watches a lot of golf, and he was saying how like there's players that just seem to have like that spark, that it factor, and Jordan Spieth is one of those people where they just they find ways to make shots. And that's one of those things that always like, because I, when he was good as a 21 year old, I always got frustrated with Jordan Spieth because it just seemed like it, he was this blessed person that everything happened so easily for. (laughs) And, uh, and, and it really was that, that it seemed like, you know, whether it's long putts or chips or I mean, this week, seeing a couple holeouts it just seems like like things come to him. And I think there's just people that they've got that nose for for doing big things in big moments. And so even if his game does not get to the point where, you know, he's a top five in terms of skill set player in the world again, I think he's always going to be someone that overachieves in terms of results. Yeah, I
0: mean, when I think of Jordan right now, I think like you have to be good to be lucky, and he's got a little lucky with some of his big shots in the last couple weekends. But it it does show that the his game is slowly turning around. But you can't Mm -hmm. you can't win tournaments or rely to win tournaments on hole outs or thirty five. Forty foot bombs to drop every time. I mean, Kevin, you know the point is to
2: get speed. Yeah, gonna say, you know, the <laughs> goal is to
0: get
1: the ball in the hole, right?
2: You know, I think when it when it comes down to is he's just a shot maker. You know, listening to you talk about him, you're right. But he's just one of these guys that makes shots. Like we know people like that in all, like whether it's a lawn game or golf or whatever. Yeah. That you put something in front of him, and some people just can make shots. Yeah. I, like I to guess. Think so. I'm one of
1: them actually, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to use <laughs> me an example there. Yeah. I'm not sure why you didn't bring me up. As <laughs> um, <laughs> anyone so, else
0: on the leaderboard that we want to talk so about? So, just real
1: quick before we move on from that, uh, I don't know if you caught this on the broadcast today, but they were talking about his shot on 16 there on Saturday, his shot that yeah. he made, he holed out. Apparently, it was a mud ball, too. So, not only would he. I did hear that. Like, not yeah. only did he wrap that thing 20 yards maybe more than that right to left. It also then bit spun back and barely dropped in the hole all while that had mud on it. Like some people just seem like they're blessed.
0: Yeah. That's a perfect example. Absolutely. Okay. Before we move on, anyone else on the leaderboard here?
2: Um... I I just want to mention quick, I think uh, Knox kind of got, got the short end of the stick today with that early ruling. He had a vicious horseshoe um, lip out too. Yeah. All um, oh, and, and then um, I think it he felt got, like two
1: strokes got taken from him just like yeah, that
2: he kind of got news of the ruling right after the vicious lip out you know <laughs> add two add, add two more shots to his score which i don't think you know real would be that unrealistic and all of a sudden he's up to 15 and who knows could have been a he's in the thick of the him. tournament yeah so kind of a kind of like i say short end of the stick for him I think yeah. Today. I guess
0: the only other person uh final group, Tom Hoagie, we didn't we didn't mention, but he kinda he didn't get things started early. It it, it did seem like it was Lashley or
1: someone from that second to last group was gonna make that charge. But he well, and to, and to, to be honest, Sunday. I didn't expect either Hoagie or Lashley like, to me, Lashley the overachieved yeah. throughout the, yeah. Yeah. the final round. I, I expected more what we saw from Hoagie, where he really played well on Saturday, but then being in the final round, um, just falling off a bit. And, yeah. Yep. It's tough, to, it's tough to win on the PGA Tour. It's tough to win. Is it time for three stars? Let's do
0: it. All right. Three stars of the week. Third star, Jordan Spieth. Well, we just talked about him for a little bit, but I guess the question is, is Jordan back? And I say not yet, but his confidence is coming back and that might be all he needs. Uh Like we said, a couple hole outs, uh, including the 160 yard out on Saturday. But here's the problem that I find with him so far and why he didn't close and possibly be maybe even more important, a second or first star on the Grandstand Golf Podcast. But... He that's really for, the dream. That's what that's I, what you're
1: looking for. It
0: is the dream. <laughs> Despite playing well, he was still tied for 110th in the field in driving accuracy, hitting only 59% of his fairways for the week. That includes all four rounds, including the one at Spyglass Hill. That is an issue that's hard to come back from every single round when you're just not finding the short grass.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it's one of these things where instead of hitting really good approach shots to... Have good looks at birdie and like be scoring. You're hitting really good approach shots so that you're on the green and, and can two putt. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I agree, but I I think the magic of Jordan Spieth is always going to be like essentially all he needs to do is to get his driver into a place where it's it's not dragging down the rest of his game, and and so hopefully hopefully he can continue. I mean, I I think Pebble is a place that really demands accuracy more than some other places do uh, and so hopefully as he gets into courses where you don't necessarily need to be as accurate he uh, will see a little bit more from him yeah
2: he's kind of turning a little bit into uh, jordan the thrill hey eh?
1: replacing <laughs> phil
2: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. He absolutely is but i um, mean every, everyone
1: wanted like... him to be tiger but instead he's gonna be phil <laughs> yeah,
2: it's an exciting drip. brand of golf to watch
0: but it, it is and it can get, do well sponsorships. So we know that. And, and maybe
1: real quick there, that might be the only mention Phil gets here. Um, but uh, how far Phil has fallen? He was what I think it was second place or third, second place last year here, um, and it wasn't even really close to sniffing the cut. I was going to say 80th, but he
0: actually shot in 80. I, 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 He shot an yeah. 80 on I the think he kind of
2: gave up a little bit on Friday.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I one one so of the more entertaining give-ups when he uh, put yeah. <laughs> a few in the water on 18. And,
2: and yeah. you're, when the you're, you yeah, you're the future group. Yeah, you're the future group, so people get to watch the whole thing. Yeah.
1: I also exactly. loved that... Uh, uh, colt knows who i think is just killing it as a on course reporter uh, i don't know if you guys have noticed him much but uh there's a few times he was just referencing that he he's ready to to f- fuel up the jet and go wheels up and get out of here and <laughs> yeah. you just know that like phil's already making his plan for the rest of yeah. his day the rest of his week yeah. he's oh, he's yeah. mentally checked out yeah absolutely
0: Okay, second star, Maverick McNeely, another guy we talked about a, a bunch already, but five under, like Kevin said, five under through the last eight holes, uh, came very close to making that eagle on 18. Interesting. So one fun fact for you for Maverick McNeely. I love um, fun facts. Okay, okay, there's a couple. Well, it's a solo second. I don't it's love him that much. How many? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, you want fun facts? I got fun facts for you, man. <laughs> uh, his best finish on PGA Tour is solo second. So that's yeah. really cool to see. One of two golfers actually to shoot 60 or in the sixties, all four days, really good, really consistent who I'm throwing it out to you guys. Who was the other golfer? Hmm. And it's not, well, just take a guess. Don't, don't look at the leaderboard. I know uh, Kevin, I can see you <laughs> scrambling over there.
2: <laughs> I could guess his nationality. <laughs> you, just give me a name. Come on. Are I right, saw it. I saw it. I looked, is it
1: Paul Casey?
0: It's not. It's Jason Day.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I could have guessed the nationality, too, because Adam loves Aussies at
2: Pebble. I <laughs> do. but He's you're always trying to-, a way to squeeze Aussie facts in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. First star, Daniel Berger, got the big win for Berger and proves he can win outside the month of June. I didn't know PJ this was Stewart. a thing until wow. just now his first three were in June uh so he proves that he's not just a June warm Is weather He's that a golfer? June yeah. specialist
2: had a little weather. bit of weather this week too so impressive
0: yeah um interesting I mean again just kind of cherry picking a stat here but he did lead the field in scrambling uh 87 and a half percent if that's a key around pebble maybe kind of bookmark that for 2022 but
1: now, the one thing before we move on, because I don't know if we'll be getting a whole lot more burger talk in as we get into our, the rest of our segments here. The whole uh, putting situation and his caddy lining him up, I think that's gotten a lot of uh, talk this week. Do you guys have any strong takes one way or the other on that?
2: I wouldn't say I have a strong take. I think it's a little over the top. Again, you know, I'm more, I'm more one of these guys like seaball ball ball So I think it's a little excessive, personally, but it's not... The thing that makes me upset about it is when they cut to him, when you know he's going to back off of it again. Yeah. Like, show another shot before that, but... We need
1: you need like someone to let you cold cold know whether that be marker's like, been picked up no, the mark, yeah no, marker
0: markers still down guys don't, don't <laughs> to...
1: so, so so essentially apparently the rule they put in a rule so that the caddy couldn't be behind you when you were addressing right. the ball, right but if your mark is down, they could be behind you and then you could change where your line your you know your aim line is i I don't like it. I think it's a very,
0: very gray area. I think he's pushing it probably to as much as he can. He pretty much looks like he is putting, keeps the mark down, lines it up to exactly whatever millimeter he wants to, backs off, takes the mark off. It just seems a little bit too. I don't know. Yeah, certainly- the one. The
1: one thing I was gonna say, like I, I, the one, I, I did hear. or I, I think I read it on Twitter. Someone said, "Why is everyone making such a big deal about Berger doing this when uh, Jordan Spieth will talk to?" Uh, his caddy for two minutes before they pull the trigger on a, an approach shot as they're talking through all the things and like I get that, but to me it's not the taking the time and and going through the read. It's the you're lined up to make the putt. Your caddy is right behind. Like
2: yeah yeah. If
1: if they need if they're trying to get that out of golf, the marker being down or not shouldn't matter. Like uh,
2: yeah, I was going to say it certainly goes against the intent of the rule. Yeah, to yeah. do that. The other I know thing, you're all about I, intent, I think, Craig.
1: Yeah, it's about the spirit of rule. Um, (laughs) uh, The other thing I think, I I just think they need to get some sort of shot clock on these guys. Uh, And I hope it's something that they are are moving towards. And I I don't think it's ever, well, you never know, but I I think it'll be more something like we see in curling where it's, you get a bank time time. that you can use over the course of the round, because then when you do have big moments and you do have shots that require the time, you can take it. But if you have been wasting time throughout, it becomes something you have to manage essentially. So, yeah.
2: this, uh, this is at least our second curling reference on the pod, proving once again that we're Canadian. Was it the same <laughs> well, reference or was this a different reference? Th- this episode or this or podcast? This no, pod just dur- since we've been doing the pod, I know we've had a few curling references. No, it's the exact sure. same. And you
0: know what? This is my three star segment. And so- Craig's Sunday soapbox is just kind of, he jumped off the of soapbox. And I feel like,
1: speaking of right curling, time. I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> the Olympics, but they had mixed doubles. That's what they should do for the Olympics for golf, is a little bit of mixed doubles competition. Yeah, well,
2: that's a whole other conversation. So mixed tournaments would be fantastic. Yeah, we need that. that that's a great point.
0: you can going to have the Sunday Soapbox. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, Five minutes finally, on the
2: <laughs> Put that, no, bookmark let's... that one and put it on the Sunday Soapbox.
0: Yeah. Moving on to our DFS pick segment. Uh, we have our picks that go up on Twitter every Wednesday. Our winner, sleeper, fade, top Canadian, and one and done. Looking at highlights here, no winners. We've got a couple top tens. Craig got Patrick Cantley. I went with Cameron Tringali.
2: Hey, come Kevin. on, guys. Le- you got to let me point out the main highlight of the week here. Go for it. The, Go for it. The main highlight of the week is that you guys have proven that your pick of winner and your pick of fade, they finished <laughs> exactly <laughs> the same for both of you. Craig picked a T3 to win and a T3 to fade. Cantley and Spieth, Adam picked Cameron Tringali to win and Jason Day to fade. T7th. Me, on the other that, hand, my fade. And honestly, if I were you, I'd probably...
1: I probably would have flipped those two. I probably would have picked Jason Day to win, and I would have faded Cameron Tringali, but that's just me.
0: Hey, man, I'm a contrarian. I I, I zig when other people zag. But we also picked those guys for a one-and-done. So yeah. not just winner, but one-and-done as well. Um, our fades, I actually had the best fade of the week with a seventh out of Jason Day. Second best with Paul Casey, Kevin, with a T5. And the worst I thought he jet lagged. <laughs> the worst fade was Jordan Spieth at T3. So... If sometimes, if you want to build a DFS lineup, look at our fades because we like to get as close. Like we say, we like to get as close to the sun as possible. But sometimes it's, it's it burns not.
2: Us. It's not really clear either if the best fade is the T three because he didn't win, or if it's the T seven. Either way, I'm in the middle, so it's it's fine. <laughs> well, and we're fading. You're
1: we're looking up to the top of the uh, odds board. Um, oh yeah, to for our fades. So chance. I mean, I'm if not... you, if you're gonna fly that high, you're you're gonna. Get knocked around a bit.
0: We're not going to fade um, Phil or um, John Daly out there. I could have faded John
1: Daly, but I, I chose not to. <laughs> one one nice point, three sleepers through the cut, so that's always good.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah Hubbard let me down a little bit. Um, he, he, I think he got off to a hot start with a sixty-five or something. So. You clearly he kind of didn't
1: watch the show yesterday because I can tell you about Hubbard letting us all down. Uh, I was going to say I
0: think Craig has some thoughts on Hubbard. So
1: I had a what would have been a winning showdown uh, lineup. It still was a very nice, um, a nice cash. But Mark Hubbard was on it. He ended up plus one on Saturday, but he was minus five on the back nine. And to start to start
0: minus five. Yeah.
1: Proceeded to go. Uh, four sure four straight or no two bogeys a double two bogeys uh it was just
2: Oof. it was just a mess um i'm sure he was trying his hardest though i
1: wonder I don't if know. he brought I, out his new like i, I was gonna it called? Say, I claw need to or see if he was snail? doing the snail <laughs> snail <laughs> putting at any point uh, i know your- it was also i mean it was the toughest part of the golf course wind conditions were just starting to pick up on the worst they were all week but yeah that one that one let me down a bit
0: You guys nailed the top Canadian with Nick Taylor. He came in. I think there's only four Canadians, but he got a 39th after his win last year. Yeah, defending champ. And one and done update. Uh, Kevin won Francesco Molinari, 59th, 17 grand. I went a little bit out there with Kevin Tringali, T7, 228 grand. And Craig using Patrick Cantley, a T3. I think it pays off 460 grand. So Craig chips away at his deficit a little bit, moves up to 2.1 million. Kevin's at 2.2 million, and I'm at 2.8 million.
1: You can say it paid off, but after Thursday, I was already writing the speech I was going to give as I took over the lead of the one and done. <laughs> so it's it's not quite it's not quite paying off, but uh, this is
2: what always happens when you have a high finish. I you know Adam and I had this a couple of weeks ago at the Sony, didn't we? I'd burger up there for a. a Fifth or seventh or something like that, and Adam had another close call. And then you've got siwoo and you know, he got all high and, high and mighty. But <laughs> I'm still riding my siwoo man. I don't know. Less don't than a million, less than a million then.
1: separating top to bottom.
0: Yeah, but now you use Cantley, man. Has Kevin used? Yeah,
2: Kevin used Cantley yeah, really of in this season. Of course, of course, I use Cantley. Remember? Oh,
0: I remember. <laughs> I remember that podcast. Well, let's not get into it. Of I
2: course. And as soon as I saw that Craig playing Cantley, I was like, Oh, Cantley's probably gonna win now. <laughs> Kelly's hey, just man, out to get me.
0: I know. Kelly and Berger, me and you, man, we know. <laughs> and Sergio, I guess. We'll throw them into that pool. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm a bet. burger fan.
2: What are you talking about? Okay, go on.
0: Good bets, bad bets, red bets, green bets. Greg, do you have any of those? Did you go green? Did you go red? Did you have a bad beat? I mean, we talked about that No, I, I had a, a good bit.
1: week. I, um, I mean, not, not a great week. I, I just missed. and it, it was one of these ones where with our picks, I mean, we killed it in terms of our sleepers this week. And yep. with our picks... And how many six of six and five of six lineups I had through? It should have. It was one of those ones that could have been a really good week. I ended up making money, and it's two weeks in a row making money. But uh, yeah, just one I I, I felt like would have been a little bit better.
0: Kevin, how was the uh, outright market, the top ten, top twenties, and in tournament betting for you?
2: Well, I didn't do any in tournament this week. Um, Yeah, it's all pre-tournament stuff. I chose four guys to back for top twenty molinari who's my one and done uh hubbard norlander and homa um they were all looking good at one point they, they all got yeah, off to no good kidding. starts yeah. um molinari faded he, did you guys see that top he hit yeah <laughs> i
0: feel like we kind of brushed over Molinari. are we going to bring him up later in the show let me just check her now. i don't think so he was looking really good he was uh one of super solid through
1: two rounds yeah into
0: saturday i thought it was going to like I forget exactly where he sat at halfway, but he was he was minus like,
2: five. At halfway I thought he'd be through. somewhere
1: around Jason Day, Paul Casey yeah. at the end of the week. Yeah, me, <laughs> me too. Yeah,
2: me too. Me too. He went and the then other he way. Then comes out Saturday morning and talks. Actually, you shot. You know what? I'm pretty sure something happened. I think his oh score he had a ruling. Really, yeah, yeah. Um, so what happened there? I
1: I, don't I still don't know what it was, but he had it after the fact. I think he was penalized two strokes.
0: The only rumor I saw on Twitter was actually going back to Berger that his caddy lined up behind him. I think on an approach shot. Oh, really? That's a it that's a, like that's a, a rumor from a
2: non-verified account. I forget where I read that, but sounds like some kind of scheme to screw me and Francesco out of some money. Yeah. I think it
1: was mostly to get you. Take <laughs> yeah, it up with the probably. PGA.
2: <laughs> anyways, anyway, so uh, yeah, Molinari went the wrong way starting Saturday. Hubbard, I'm not sure when he started his reverse, uh, descent there. And then Norlander was, he was in it till the end. He just kind of couldn't get anything going today. He was in the top 20 all week until, until, uh, second place going into Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So Homa, on the other hand, I didn't bring him up earlier. Um, I wanted to, (laughs) you know, you know, I'm, I'm riding my boy Homa. Uh, he, he flashed this week again. Um, he flashed early today, costly double bogey on the fifth hole, which I think was a shot he just missed. To be honest with you, I think it just caught the bunker, um, ended up doubling that, and he, he's playing good golf right now. Well, and yeah, down slope
1: bunker, like to a downhill, it was a really bad spot. His first shot got into, and then and then just kind of messy. Cleaned it up, should have gotten out of
2: there with a bogey and made a double instead. But you know those shots too where. It it kind of caught the edge of the bunker, the green edge of the bunker, um, and kicked it across the bunker. But where if he missed it, you know, or it went a foot to the right or a foot longer, it probably would have bounced and like funneled right down for a, a nice birdie chance. But just missed it, and um, you know had that lip out on nine where it looked like he was gaining momentum again. Almost chipped in on nine to get back in it. At the end of the day, I don't think he would have been able to catch Berger because um, Berger went out and shot posted a number there but um yeah he's playing good i'm mm-hmm. gonna what keep looking what, what odds did he from. get
0: on homa top 20
2: uh top 20 i think was 180 maybe 150
0: like 1. 1.5 to 1 yeah yeah, yeah. Um, all these different metrics i don't know what you're talking about 1.5 i don't know <laughs>
1: if you're gonna say plus
2: he's using the american
1: 61. the american yeah uh, so, t-
2: so overall for me it was a it was a rad week but not too bad Ah, there you go. On to next week. On to next week.
0: I had a pretty good DFS week. Uh, Like Craig said, our picks and sleepers did well on our show, um, on our YouTube show. I got 40% 6 of 6 through the weekend, but just to show how hard DFS is. In the big GBP, there's 62,000 entries. I put in a single lineup. It was a pretty good lineup. It ended up 271st of 62,000 and only returned $50 from a $15 entry. So it's so top heavy with these things yeah. like unless oh man you have to have everything right i think i had everyone in the top 20 um but i didn't have burger oh i had two guys that were tied for 21 but everyone else uh, better than that didn't have burger and it becomes kind of a three to one four to one type week when you think it could be
1: something life-changing
0: that's yeah, I'm, I'm not so much looking for
1: the life-changing money out there, but uh, I also had a lot more Zalatoris and and Molinari on my six of 6 and five of sixes, so yeah, I feel like I feel like the life-changing money wasn't wasn't there for me this week, regardless.
0: Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, this is kind of we're not looking ahead to next week, but usually we talk about the European race at Dubai. Obviously, no European Tour uh, event this week. The next one is actually, I believe, the WGC at the concession. The renamed, removed, uh Mexico WGC. Is that right? In a couple weeks here?
1: The next European tour, yes. Yes, yeah. Okay. And I think I'm pretty sure this week locks um entry into it.
0: This past week or Riviera?
1: So right now. So like the standings right now, top fifty are in. Uh and then there may be It may be also like one of these ones where if you are in the top 50 right now, you're in. And then also if you are after the next tournament.
0: Yeah, I think I've read something similar to that. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Okay, guys. Stock up, stock down. Craig, do you want to kick us off? Who do you got rising up?
1: Well, I feel like I want to find someone else because we've been talking about this guy all day long. Uh, (laughs) Maverick McNeely. I think that if you're ever going to pick someone when they're... Golf is being played at Pebble Beach. He's a pretty safe bet. Uh, his Did now, he grow up
2: there? Around there?
1: He grew up there. Are you know. saying I don't know if you guys know narratives this, work? But, sorry?
0: Are you saying that narratives work sometimes?
1: Narratives work sometimes. Home games? Home games. Um, so I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but his dad is was the CEO of Sun Microsystems. Um, yeah, I like, saw
0: his little net worth on his Wikipedia page earlier yeah, today. Yeah. yeah
1: the like he didn't like grow up in the in the area like he grew up like in one of these monster houses at pebble (laughs) beach um but no like so i i was very impressed by him i think that he's Second place finish, highest finish he's had in his career. I think he's someone to keep an eye on, especially on these West Coast. Like, he talked about how much of an advantage that and how comfortable he is on these type of greens, on these coastal courses. Uh, So, to me, it's not necessarily a stock up. Like, he's turned the corner and, and... We're going to see great things every week from him in the future. Uh, To me, it's a, this is a guy who on these type of courses in this type of setting, you want to make sure, don't, don't look so much at what he's done previously. Look at what he's done on these courses, on these type of courses previously.
0: Well, I think previously we do need to recognize that he's a former world number one amateur, um, has a bunch of, won a bunch of times at Stanford. Yeah. I mean
1: more like don't look at his form coming into the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. For sure. Desert golf is very different from this Pebble Beach golf. I hear you. I agree.
0: Okay, who do you got moving down? Unless Kevin has a, another take on McNeely. Nope.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving down, this is one that I don't like to have him moving down because I like him. I'm a fan of him. Harold Varner. Yeah. Uh, and this is, again, I'm going to give you some specific situations. I played Harold Varner in Bermuda. And he was great (laughs) after the first day. And the second day, the wind picked up and he just ejected from the tournament and missed the cut. A little bit the same thing happened here this week. Uh, The first day, he played well. I want to say he was, you know, maybe 69-ish, 69, 68, somewhere around there in pretty good shape. Uh, But then second day, wind picked up. He just ejected himself from the tournament again. Uh, it wasn't as bad. He missed the cut on the number, and the cut almost looked like it might move down. He would make the cut. Uh, it's just the thing that that about this week, this course fit him well. Like what he does well should have worked fairly well. He's got, you know, compared to other courses where really putting is much more important than around the green play. Here, around the green play is very important. Uh, he He typically is better you know, he's better around the greens than he is putting uh, his approach play is oftentimes a strength of his, which again, Pebble beach is a place where it's a second shot yeah. course. Uh, so I, I don't think he's someone that I, I especially in weather, I'm not going to be plugging him in, <laughs> even if all the other signs are pointing to it being a good thing.
0: I mean, Craig, I know you I'm going to drive you crazy with this, but I had to look it up. What's his average apex? I what's Harold Varner's average apex, because I've been talking about it on all the showdown shows with the wind. He's high, man, 106 feet average apex. Daniel Berger's way down there. Hey, maybe there's something there. What's
2: Molinari? <laughs> After his tee shot on Saturday?
1: Do <laughs> they, they include, include that, that in the average
2: apex? <laughs> I mean, it's already got to be low.
1: No, the, the, I think the big problem I feet. have with, with this, this average apex argument that you make, Adam, is that. <laughs> essentially you're saying so what because rory has the ability to hit towering shots you're going to say that he's not going to be able to hit shots with different trajectories in the wind like so average apex is saying that we're not saying necessarily like maybe uh hv3 actually is just good at hitting these shots and when he needs to he's good at hitting lower shots
2: no i think i think it's probably the most important metric to determine future outcomes if you're looking at the I'm, open I'm championship gonna this year. I'm going to start doing my one and duds based on average Apex. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're looking anywhere coastal and you're not looking at Apex height, Craig, forget about it.
2: Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Kevin, who do you got moving up? Well, I haven't looked into his average <laughs> Apex so I'm, I'm not But it's a hot take. You might not have heard much about this in the last couple of weeks, but moving up, I have Jordan Spieth. Oh. Young young player out of Texas. Um, Jordan has now had a T4 and a T3 the last two weeks. I already mentioned I've seen enough out of him that I have backed him for Augusta this year. Put a flyer on it. Why not? Um, he I don't think, like, I think Adam has mentioned that he's all the way back, but um, he's the right, kind you know, of guy hey, that... Whoa, no, he, whoa, whoa.
1: He's saying similar to what you had mentioned. You don't think he's all the way back
0: oh okay sorry yeah continue yeah.
1: the way you said it made it sound like adam thought
2: he's all the adam way back.
1: has declared that he is all the way back uh,
2: i frame whatever adam says the way i want to hear it <laughs> no i don't think uh he's all the way back but he has shown enough now that i think he could pop any given week and win a tournament and um what more do you want from some of your gambling on I think, you know, he's, he, like I say, T4, T3, last two weeks. Um, his last cut is way in the rearview mirror at Torrey Pines. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> three weeks ago. yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I know he's what he's more you could right want. Way.
1: It would be someone with a lower average <laughs> apex, but. <laughs> Yeah.
2: But, yeah, he's a guy who could, he could go out next week and win. Let's face it. So, um, I don't know if I expect that. I don't know if I'll be betting on it. But, watch for him now. Um, well, yeah, I think he'll be... No offense to
0: coverage, but I think he might be shoved down our throat a little bit. If
1: oh, we're we'll be getting a lot of Jordan Spieth.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll be yeah. hard not to see him.
1: Yeah. Although it'll be a so, nice break from Phil always being in the feature group. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Let's let's move one in and move one out. Next I, I generation Phil. Yeah. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> okay, moving um, down. Moving down. I have uh, you know, he's just th- this guy is just so exhausted from from bumping Adam up so high. <laughs> Siwoo Kim. Ever since his win. Uh, at in the desert there, the American Express, he's gone miscut, T-50, miscut. So I don't know if he – I don't know what's up with Siwoo, but just it's more of a, a cautious, uh, you know, be wary a little bit of Siwoo. Don't just plug him in thinking he had a win recently and he's going to, you know, be one of your 6-6 six six making the cut. Um, he hasn't yeah. been of, of great form the last three weeks, so just be a little wary. Another guy that was on the featured group that
0: might not make it in the next couple of tournaments. I mean, he kind of was riding that first and stronger fields. He might not make that featured group. So and he
1: has a below average apex. So you would think that this would be the tournament. I, I've now found the staff page. So I, I've got all the apexes ready to go.
0: It is shocking with his apex that he did not do well. So <laughs> Kevin, what'd you say?
2: No, you say no, uh, you're, well, you're quitting Siwoo already. It sounds like because of his apex. <laughs> I got <laughs>
0: exactly. I am sorry, Siwoo. I got exactly what I needed from Siwoo Kim this year. I got oh, my million dollar wow. paycheck. Hey, players is coming up. If you guys want to lean on Siwoo, I don't blame you. Pete die. We know he's won there before. I don't want to give you the obvious play, but hey, it could get you that same check that I got earlier in the year from Siwoo. Actually, it's a much bigger one at the players. Yeah, it's a much bigger. Yeah, very true. Okay, moving up for me, Paul Casey. I got Paul Casey moving up. Great form to start 2021. He got an eighth of the Amex, first at the Omega Dubai Desert Classic. He stayed over there for the Saudi International, got a T12, and then T5 this week at Pebble. I don't know what it is or what exactly happened to Paul Casey. He wasn't in great form last year, but it's a big year this year. He's over 40. I mean, what, like, how much more can he squeeze out of his career? And he's got. Possibly Ryder Cup, possibly Olympics, a long way to go before those, but he's playing himself, I think, onto those teams or at least those conversations. Um, great form. I, I mean, Paul Casey, ball striker, he looks like he should have won a major. He's still like his stats, I always check out, but
1: these top finishes, it's very promising. Yeah, yeah
2: it's it super solid all around game from Paul Casey. I mean, you can't see a lot of holes in it right now.
1: Yeah, I think I think he's likely going to play himself onto a rider team. I don't think he's going to get himself onto an Olympic team. He's got I, a lot I, of work, right? Yeah, and I've been trying to figure out exactly how it works, and so uh, it's it, it's pretty. So uh, the U.S. is going to get four players for sure because of how many people they have up high in the rankings. But even like they might only get two for Great Britain. Uh, what? So, yeah, I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but... Uh, it, Doesn't I, it just
2: depend where they are in the world rankings? But it Like, depends. if you have enough high?
1: Yeah, so it, it does. Um, but I don't know exactly, like... Because it's then, on once they've accounted for, say, the four Americans, then... It's like, then the, almost like the, then you take all the other Americans out, I believe, and it consolidates. So So, I I don't exactly know, but uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to figure it out. So we'll have a better idea as we get closer and closer, who is on the bubble and who's not.
0: And I'm sure closer as we get to the summer, that that'll become more clear. Yeah. More we'll go into it. All right. Moving down. Ricky Fowler. I mean, you kind of feel like I'm, kicking a guy while he's down, but shot
2: three over, missed a cup by four strokes. Didn't really have a chance. Second missed cut in a row. Um, I always also have a hard time. Like Ricky's not really down that much. I think Ricky leads a pretty good life. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, he's doing all right, but let's talk about his golf game here. Okay. So it's been over a year and 22 tournaments since his last top 10. that was at the 2020 Amex where he was only tied for 10th. Um, He's 66 in the official world golf rankings. Last time I checked, I think that's updated. So he needs a miracle slash a win to crack the top 50 before Augusta. Let's say Um, he's since 2009. He's finished every year in the top 50. Like he's, he's come out during the year, but he's finished every year in the top 50, 41 consecutive major championships dating back to the 2010 open championship. It's looking like it's a, an extreme, extreme shot for him to get the Masters invite this year or play himself into it.
2: And just to be <laughs> clear, he's uh, he's T66 with Dylan Fratelli there. Yeah, the what? And,
1: and I think he either has just lost uh, decent placings or he's about to, um, but I, I don't think he's moving up anytime soon. I, I I don't think, see many ties in the official world golf rankings. T sixty six. Yeah, you got to be down to like the fourth or at least <laughs> yeah. the third decimal point to be tied. Um, I, I I was trying to tell you going in that Ricky, he kind of presents downsides without a whole lot of upsides right now as a play. Uh, you know, from a from a fantasy golf point of view. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm just shocked how he ended up in your lineups because I've just looked up his average apex <laughs> <laughs> here, and he's tenth. <laughs> He's like one of the highest apexes in the
0: in the sport. You know what? I don't know if I crunched all that before we got to the wind. I thought, you know what, Ricky, just get to the weekend and we'll figure things out. I didn't do my due diligence. So yeah. that's on me. At least I didn't outright pick him in one of our pick shows. I just kind of
1: yeah, mentioned I whispered
0: in. it in, on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. And a little sprinkle. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I think, so to me, the thing that made, I mean, the, Ricky, when he was at his best, he did a lot of things well, but the thing that made him special was his putting, and we just haven't seen that putting uh, for a while, so yeah, whatever it's going to take for him to find that magic again, or or maybe that was just unsustainable mm-hmm. as it was, uh, but I, I think until until we see that, we're not going to see sort of a special special golf out of Ricky Fowler.
0: Completely agree. Did you guys see him in the all blue on Thursday at Pebble? Didn't. I didn't. I liked it. I saw a photo and a tweet. that's like, Ricky's not having a good day, but you know, the, the person at Puma that said him that is having a great gender reveal party right now. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. That is pretty good. That was my highlight for Ricky this week. Okay. Let's move on to our Sunday soapbox. Craig, do you want to kick it off with your good, bad, and ugly?
1: Yeah. So my good, bad, and the ugly this week. Uh, it's a bit of a mishmash of just things I want to talk about. Um, so first off, the good. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the tee box that they set up on number 10 today, I thought was awesome. So if you haven't seen this, go yeah. check out. There's good photos online. But essentially, they it normally or recently has played 475 or, or like a longer par 4 hole. Uh, and they took it... And they moved it to this, this alternate T box that is has not been used in years. And it made it so that it was one of these holes that it could be driven, but really it was it was out of reach of anyone who wasn't Will Gordon and and <laughs> hmm. like really made like brought interesting decisions into play for players. They had a Two hundred and fifty yard carry, probably uh, to get it onto the fairway, or they could go like much more conservatively to the left and and get leave themselves a longer approach, but to me, this is the type of thing instead of just continuing to, hey, we don't like driver wedge golf, so we'll just move tee boxes further and further back. Like, move yeah. it up and yeah. make it so that it's an interesting... Do you want to have a full club in? Do you want to try to hit it up there as close as you can? You know, the risk-reward gets really interesting. I just thought I thought it was great, um great decision by whoever it is that was setting up the course. Yeah, so,
2: it's, I agree. Sorry, go ahead, Kevin. So I, I just want to t- take this opportunity to speak a little bit of Pebble because I know when the US Open was there last, they talked about how... You know these guys are hitting it so far now. It was kind of one of the courses mentioned with the distance stuff that they're just they're bludgeoning it now, and I didn't feel that way this week. I think that part of it has to do with the elements. Like being in February, it's cooler weather. um, Ball's on course is probably softer. Ball's not traveling as far. um, But they they didn't like it. It kind of played more like you. One of course to play almost, if that makes sense. And I think exactly what you're talking about, like it what was that whole playing today? Three forty something? Three fifty, I think. Three fifty. So downhill. Um, it's gotta have been either no wind or downwind for um Will. It Gordon would have had a tailwind. Yeah, a little bit of a tailwind. So that like that's awesome. That's awesome. I mm-hmm. I love it that it, it seemed to set up this week. Um, you know, I know these guys can reach most of the par fives. They couldn't reach fourteen like ever. That's no, a true par never. five for yeah, these guys. Yeah. And it's only what five hundred and some yards, but uphill you got the heavy air. Yeah. Um I, I just thought Pebble really shined this week. Um, yeah. so that that was my observation.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um that so you mentioned that. T box. I'm no. I'm no golf historian, but that's not a new. Like I. I don't know if I've seen it before. That's not a new T box that they added. Like that's
1: been around for a while, and they just decided to use it. Or I think I. I didn't do a deep dive into it, but I think it was built for a U.S. Open years ago. Like I. I don't cool. think it was an original thing, but I think it was built yeah. when it had hosted a U.S. Open. and and, and i'd have to pull up the pull up the info here but like you um, said
0: great shots it looks like they're hanging over the
1: beach with all the dogs and people on the on the beach there it was really cool i agree um now what was not so cool and this is the bad uh so if you were watching shot tracker and not following the tournament and you got to number six whatever player you were watching you just see like people hitting their drives 50 yards left of the fairway just this is the whole number six is this great par five that has, you know, a fairway that's just right along the cliff and, and should force some interesting decisions on on the players. But what, what ended up happening, and I think this is in large part because there's no grandstands, is there was this huge no man's land between uh, two different holes. And so players were just playing off into this shmeg essentially but it was like but it was almost like hard wispy wispy yeah. shmeg yeah. like it it wasn't very punishing in any way um and so to me it's just bad it's from a course setup point of view i think what you need to do is you need to find a line there and make internal out of bounds because like the Point of that hole so from a golf architecture point of view, the point of that hole is that you're getting you're forcing people to play along the cliff and you're forcing them so that they have risk reward. It tightens as you get further along and it's a par five. So if you want to get further along to yeah. have a you know a shot a better shot into the green and two, then you need to take on more risk on your tee shot. But all of a sudden, they had this hundreds of yards of room up to the left, and that's where you just need to wherever you think that that width is that you want to give them, you, you stake it off and you make internal out of balance there. So guys just don't have that option.
0: Yeah, and so the second shot is a huge elevation up. I mean you're kind of facing a cliff. I don't know really I mean I haven't I don't really get that perspective, but you can't really see the green or the pin or anything from your second shot. Is that right? If you're yeah, in the fairway. I, if yeah. you're in the fairway, you got that big cliff in front of you, you you gotta get over that. Um that I, yeah i kind of agree here that's how the i mean you're using this natural terrain that's beautiful along the cliff that makes this iconic hole and then guys are i think i heard on saturday aiming for the car path to get a free kind of fluffy lie on their second shot which is then a little bit higher and easier approach uh,
2: yeah it just doesn't so, it
0: doesn't feel right it doesn't yeah
2: and anything left of the car path just oftentimes hard pan funnels down to the car path yeah and so then you're either standing on it and you get a drop or you know whatever. So yeah, but now, so from the oh, look of that, it looks like it's where they usually put grandstands over there. I don't think it. I don't think they do, Craig. There's spectators uh, there. There's spectators. I, think, I, think, oh, I okay. think
0: there's grandstands on the green, and I think that's where our parents hung out for the U.S. Open. Yeah, because no, that's six, I, seven, eight.
2: No, I think they were grandstand behind eight T, and so they can see or to the like to the. Non-ocean side of eight T, so you can see seven green, six green, and eight T. Okay.
1: Regardless, regardless. (laughs) So, so they. I. I think. I mean, that either has to be long rough, so that it catches balls and becomes a death trap, or like it it just can't be what it is.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I agree. I mean, all that said, I know where I'd be aiming with the big banana slice that I play. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> It'd be way off to the left. Yeah, but if you're if you're playing golf
1: at Pebble Beach, from your point of view, are you are you playing it so you're playing it off to the left in this hard pan stuff so that you could potentially have a better shot? Or are you going to try to knock it into the... Even if you still aim listen, there because your listen, shot's going to end up...
2: <laughs> I'm aiming car path. Maybe I cut one into the fairway. Maybe it ends up on the car path. Either so, way, I'm trying not to go down the cliff.
0: Always one of the best public courses in the U.S., right, Pebble? Is Pebble one of the courses where you're given a caddy for your round? Yeah. So I think they would be on 60 be like, sir, I think if you want to go about 50 <laughs> yards to the left here, <laughs> you might, I don't know how many balls you have left in your bag. But
1: it's been a rough show of things. So.
2: Uh, yeah, I'll walk up there and be like, so you're saying just just peel one off the left bunker there. And he's like, no, just adjust that name about <laughs> I've seen Francesco here,
0: yeah. will drive
1: you on one there. Sir. <laughs> so you're gonna... He was at a T further back too. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Last one here. The ugly. Uh, so the ugly for me and, and I don't know how this was for you guys, but I felt like the pen- penalty situations today, just, or not today, this week, just kind weekend, of yeah. uh, made uh, shine a light on how bad some of these rules in golf are. Um, you know, a little bit more detail on what Adam was talking about with Maverick. So essentially, he hit a wedge. It was a pitching wedge into this green. It embedded. He then took his drop. His drop sat up on the on like a fluff of grass. And so then he, he knew it was delicate. And he... I'm sure you guys saw the replay. He barely, yeah. barely grazed the grass and it fell into where his ball had been embedded because he had to drop it close to there. Uh, so for that to be a penalty is just absolutely absurd to me. Like I, I understand, I, I totally get within the rules, the way the rules are. I totally get that that's a penalty, but that to me is then there's a problem with the rules. If that is going to like, the, he didn't do anything egregious there. And and I guess it's the, the difficult thing is it's hard to separate that from when guys are mashing down the grass to give themselves a better lie. But the, there needs to be a way of, of finding a better solution to that. Um, similar situation with the uh the Russell Knox one today yeah, um yeah. where he he was in the fairway he went to address his ball and then it, it just like it literally like it's topples a over fairway. it's a slope fairway and it just topples over um yeah. you know a couple of dimples and for those for those type of things to be stroke penalties when especially as the PGA tour is embracing more and more gambling and, and daily fantasy sports. And um, right. I mean, well, and let alone for the these guys for they're talk about growing the game and let alone for these guys playing for millions of dollars. Like it, there just needs to be some better solutions to these things.
2: Well, let's face it. It's, it's stupid. Like it doesn't it's Stupid. And so what it's is
1: stupid. the, like, I don't know right now. I haven't thought through what the solution is, but there needs to be a better solution than what they have.
2: The solution is if you've gained zero advantage from it, like Russell Knox and like McNeely, it sounds like it got into an even, I didn't actually see that one, but it sounds like it got into an even worse lie. Mm-hmm. Like you've clearly gained nothing from this. Why would yeah. you be charged a stroke for that? Like it's common sense. Yeah. I, like I, I think of people like tuning into golf for the first time and be like, yeah, that's stupid. I, I'm yeah. just going to keep <laughs> surfing <laughs> yeah, here. That, well, and, I, like no, that's exactly it. Yeah. The
1: McNeely one to me makes it even more so, It stands out to me even more so because he literally, like, had just dropped that. Like, that ball was in play, but, like, it literally was just embedded. So he could pick up that ball, clean it, and then drop it. But because from when he dropped it, it then toppled back into the place that he had free relief from. Like, it just seems bonkers to me. Um, yeah. The other one, I don't know, uh, I don't think we brought this up yet, but Tom Hoagie on the 18th hole, after the tournament had been decided, he hit it right oh, yeah. into the Cypress on in the middle of the fairway on 18. The caddies were up there trying to shake this ball out because if it's an unplayable lie, he takes a stroke penalty and he can drop it down on the ground right below the tree but if they can't find the ball to identify it then he has to go back and take two you know essentially a two-stroke penalty he's taking a stroke penalty back to the tee so i mean if we know that this ball went into this tree then why are we like why do we have to find this ball to identify it like the the ball is here um it just seems again it just seems a little bit bonkers to me It's just just this thing with sport
0: where they love to keep up with traditions when technology moves forward and sometimes it's frustrating I feel like I'm gonna go on a little rant here but you get the video replay in football and it seems good but like in for instance in baseball we like there's the technology to know if it's a ball or a strike but still we use an umpire's eye to determine and they can be so wrong we need some more common sense in golf and we have so many cameras out
1: there. Let's utilize
0: them. Like, And, like, and I don't like, follow no baseball reason.
1: closely, but but then purists will talk about that as that's like a feature. Well, no, but like you, different umps have different strike zones and you got to like learn the ump and like play the ump yeah. and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, like, no, like that. Yeah, maybe before we had, you could have artificial intelligence telling you exactly whether that was a strike or not. And there's this clearly defined box that if the
2: ball touches a piece of that, it's a strike. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, I don't. I like that you got to have a human up. Man, gotta, back in
0: the day, like 10 years ago, that guy got a perfect game taken away because the guy called him safe on the on the not bottom of the ninth, the third but batter. But that's that's the
2: way it's always been, man. That's so like, Who cares? They
0: don't play with wicker clubs anymore or whatever. Like the Well, game maybe evolves. they should be.
2: Are we getting into that the argument? Roller, roller
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's like, there's
2: not a wicker. way to hickory hickory
1: (laughs) but the thing is so like baseball is now like baseball was once far and away the dominant sport and it's not anymore and and like like if you don't change then you're gonna get left behind and i feel like that's what golf needs to realize like if golf is actually trying to grow and not just not get left behind then like they need to embrace the modern age and they need to embrace the fact that it's not fun for fans. Like I didn't really care about Tom Hogie. That actually worked out to my benefit when that happened. But like, I don't want this guy to get like, his ball is up in this tree. And so like, yes, it's a stroke penalty. Give him the stroke penalty. And he drops it at the bottom of this tree.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me.
0: Again, you can write common sense into the rule books but it feels like it. Like maybe they just try. need me to like be there, there and like just making sense...
1: dictatorial common sense rulings. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you picked sense up the ball. To, like... That's a penalty. Craig <laughs> is the umpire. From, like, now that we're trying uh... to
2: take out, we go from a common sense ruling like yeah, he should get relief really from a tree to like let's like make baseball a robot sport or something. <laughs> <laughs> we need robot
1: baseball players. <laughs> I think. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's good. That went off track, but I love it. Okay, Kevin, I think you have a new. Are you unveiling
2: a new segment
0: this well, week? Is that right?
2: I I wouldn't say I'm unveiling a new segment. I mean, you know, I'm just trying something out here. So, um, I think so. macklemore often plays in the AT and Pro Am, the the right. Am part of this. He, I, so he was involved in the charity event on Wednesday I believe with it is.
0: Alfonso Ribe- R-
2: Rivier He Better was part Carlton. Carlton. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um anyways they he he was asked at some point why he why he got into golf or why he likes golf and hes he said the first time you hit one in the center of the club face that's that's all You're it not. takes you'll keep coming back yeah. so you know this was suggested by Adam, but I think it's a great a great <laughs> It's actually Craig, but thank you. Man. Oh, You're hey, the hey, idea man for this whole <laughs>
1: production. Just kidding, no. Like I said,
2: I hear from you guys what I choose to hear. It's brother one, brother two, and I don't really care. Adam came to me in a vision saying this would be a great thing.
1: <laughs> At least you just didn't take credit for it yourself.
2: So this is the, yeah, I was, I was trying to pass lots of credit here. This is the center of the clubface moment for me. And, and this could be anything. This might be me just like, you know, just nailing a craft with my daughter one weekend. It it might be that simple (laughs) or it might be golf related. A lot of the time it's going to (laughs) be golf related. So today the center of the club face moment for me, it just makes you want to like, it makes you want to get out and play golf. It makes you want to try that. Um, McNeely on 18, his second shot just after a perfect drive, he rips a three iron in there and just gives the most, the biggest saucy, Club twirl you've ever seen. Yeah, walking yeah. after it, love. There's an exclamation mark it. on the club. Every twirl. every golfer out there is like, oh yeah, oh that's the one. <laughs> Injected we, it to my veins. <laughs> <laughs> just it to my veins.
1: And like in so, a moment where he needed an eagle to have a chance, like yeah. that was a bold drive. He took on the most aggressive line, and he
2: yeah
1: hit exactly he, the shot he, he wanted just, in.
2: Like it was perfect it, he yeah. striped it and it was exactly where he needed it. he needed it a little right of the hole not dangerous just a perfect yeah. shot and he knew it and he and from where it, it hit
1: it actually could have that could've thing i mean if left. you looked at at homas just a little bit earlier uh, if it took a similar bounce in line it would have actually like um uh mavericks could have just as easily gone right up next to the hole
2: yeah it could have so yeah. and he he just missed the spot but regardless you the know, most 12. guys who are most <laughs> mm-hmm. most anybody who's hooked on golfing has had that moment where they're like, "Oh yeah. They <laughs> they just do exactly what they're trying. That was it. Pure. That was it this week." So, you know, center of the club fates the good my Kevin pie in the face moment of the week. You know, Oh, is this this is part two of the segment. This is part two of the face, segment. Pie in the face. Got yeah, it. exactly. So, again, this could be anything for me trying to hang a picture and hammering my thumb. Like I Is that may or happened? may not have done <laughs> this. You know, I, I got a couple of these this week and you know, most weeks there's probably more pie in the face moments for me than center of the club face. But so my first one came uh, early in the week when I, when I sent Adam a message showing him that all nine greens on one side of pebble could fit on the 18th green at St. Andrews turned out to be fake news. So (laughs) I apologize for that pie on the face. I'm wearing the hot one.
0: You're just Um, trying to bait me. I didn't, I didn't buy the bait. I waited for (laughs) it to calm down
1: a little bit. Turns out to be completely fake. (laughs) It looked like good news when it first came out though.
2: Yeah. It was juicy. It spread quick. In my defense, I did think it was real. I had no idea it was fake news, so pie <laughs> on my face. Pie on my face there. Um, pie on the face moment maybe this tournament. Unfortunately, I think it's got to go to Lashley. We've all been there. Just a triple bogey ejection from, uh, what was that, guys? A, f- a few feet, really, that he I mean, rejects. I've never been
1: there when leading a PGA tournament. No,
2: no. You've been there So I times So I would have had a worse <laughs> meltdown than him, played. probably. <laughs>
0: But, that, I'm fine with his reaction. I don't think there's
1: anything wrong with it. Yeah, he, I mean, maybe. he
2: was clearly pissed off. Who wouldn't be? You know? Yeah. I don't know. He,
1: like, I, what was the... He
2: slammed his putter down, kind of, oh, on the green, yeah, yeah.
0: but yeah. it didn't seem egregious to me. I um, mean, if I go out there and chip on the green, like Gary Woodland or someone else, I'll probably make a bigger dent, so... Yeah, a, you you they shouldn't, were, they were
2: lost shouldn't be chipping on I know. Like, they were lost group, <laughs> Yeah, I think. It's yeah, fine. So It's fine. It is what it is. Um... But unfortunately, it was a bit of a, you know, maybe embarrassing moment for him. Maybe not, sure. whatever. But it yeah. cost, him, cost him any chance at having the tournament. So, bit of pie on the face there.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. That is a good segment. Center of the club face, pie in the face from Kevin. I like it. Maybe a good pilot. Maybe we'll see if it gets picked up for, uh, for a little bit on the Yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay, guys, next week we got the Genesis Open at Riviera. We've talked about it a little bit. Seven of the top ten in the world are teeing up. That's as much as we'll talk about it. Head over to our YouTube channel. Subscribe there. We already have a preview out. Really good stuff. Craig, do you want to tease that a little bit what kind of good stuff we got there?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really good stuff. I'm just looking at our show notes for the podcast right now. I think this is the fourth different spelling of Riviera I've seen from you. So I'm just curious (laughs) if you actually do know what course they're playing at next week. Um, Yeah, so essentially uh, we talk about the course a little bit. We talk about players who have a good history at the course, uh, players who are coming in in good form. Yeah. Uh, and then what, you know, a little bit of a teaser as to what our model is showing us tentatively for who may be a good fits this week. Uh, and listen, yeah.
2: I, you know, I can let these guys talk about themselves as much as they want here. But I watched this preview just before we started recording this podcast. And, you know, I never know if they're just trying to, like, throw me if this this whole preview is just to throw me in the one and done or if they're, you know, it's really out there for the masses. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, they got some good information in there. I uh, unfortunately even used some of this information to make some of my picks. So it's embarrassing for me i don't think they touched on average apex i'm a little surprised you know but uh it's a little bit there's still a lot of good information there
0: it's a little bit inland we got the save that save
1: that for the windy coast of course right adam
0: (laughs) yeah come on it's all the quick hitters that you want though in a a tournament preview we got that for you anything else any anything else dirty laundry you want to air out before we wrap well yeah
1: i would just say also just hosted by two like really charismatic good-looking people
0: yeah well. kevin that's your opportunity man that
2: was <laughs> i don't know i don't know i, do I do was
1: just setting you up for a, like oh who'd you get to host it come on it was right there for you all
0: right i missed that one <laughs> i'm not quick on my theory now we're an hour into this i think we need to sign off thank you everybody for listening subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast rate review if you review you might be lucky enough for have kevin to announce it at the top of the show so make sure you leave a good review for us thank you everybody for listening we'll catch you next week
2: Take care, everybody. Yeah, see you guys. Have Valentine's and safe.